This is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters. And I'm Marcus Harvey. What is the role of art, especially public art, in the life and health of a community? Join Marcus and me for a conversation about the role of public art in our civic and social lives and about a new visiting artist program that the city of Asheville has created. We'll be talking with two members of Asheville's Public Arts and Cultural Commission, Dr. Jason Miller and Michael Carter. Marcus and I will be back in a moment. Again, this is the Waters and Harvey Show. I'm Darren Waters. So glad to have you all join us again in the audience. And as always, I'm very happy and feel really good to be here again with my brother, Dr. Marcus Harvey. Yes. Marcus, how's it's it nice going? nice to be. I hope you're doing well. I'm looking forward to today's conversation. Yeah, it's, public it's, it's art. a topic that's germane to, to, much of, to, to much of what I do. It is. I mean, and so it, it, that's the reason why I knew that this was going to be a great conversation, even from the beginning, because so you take your sister, for instance. That's your right. sister, that's you right. know, just finished her Ph.D. in uh, art history history. That's right. You know, Mar- that's right. Marcus, I think over the course of my life, I've begun to develop a deeper appreciation of art and public art. And so I know that this has kind of been a long tradition in your family anyway. Yeah, I think. And one of the things I've learned from my sister is that uh, art historians really have their own vocabulary for, for talking about art, for analyzing it. And I've learned quite a bit from her over the course of the past, I would right. say, five, six or seven years mm-hmm. that she's grown as an art historian. All so right. it's, it's been interesting. It's amazing because I, I, I now know as a historian. I've always said that if I were to go back to graduate school again and do another degree, why would you want to do that anyway? But if I were to do it, I, I think, I think you do. <laughs> I've always thought that I might like to get a, you know, an advanced degree in art history. I think uh, over the course of this career, you know, art can tell us so much about where our society is. When you go mm-hmm. study it, you can see so many things, so, so many of the issues that we've dealt with as a community, as a state, as a mm-hmm. nation is reflected in the art that you that, that you see. Yeah, and when art comes up in my teaching, um, oftentimes I, I, I convey to students that art just isn't about expression per se. It's, it's very often purposeful expression. So I sort of liken art to discourse, right, right. Which, which seeks to communicate something significant to either a specific audience or to a range of audiences. And so it really positions art, I think, as a way of, of, of conveying ideas right. um, to, to audiences. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting to think about this, Marcus, because what is public art when we mm-hmm. bring up that term public art um, I was looking over some uh, some speeches that a few people had given and, and ran across one from this uh, a presentation in 2012 at the American Society of Landscape Architects and I think her name is Susan Whaler uh, she's a prominent figure in the field of landscape architecture because we can look at landscape architecture mm-hmm. and say that it's some it's public art there's a public art component to landscape architecture and she actually said she made a statement that I thought was worth bringing up in the course of this conversation and she said community art i.e. public art can help deepen our sense of attachment to our communities Mm -hmm. and I'm telling you if you can deepen that sense of attachment to your community I think that that's something that's fundamentally important. I think this is an important point to make because one of the one of the fascinating things about art uh, especially landscape art or architectural um, structures is that they really do have the potential to redefine space Mm -hmm. right in ways that um, that that make possible to make it possible to reimagine um, space um, in new ways, to give us new languages through which to talk about space. So mm-hmm. I think I think it really is important to draw this linkage between public art, community 
shared space, et cetera. Right. Okay. right. I think that you're right. So I'm looking forward to this conversation with our two guests today because the city of Asheville is really taking this on in a very intentional way. And we're going to hear about the work that is going on as we talk with uh, with Jason Miller, with Jay Miller, Dr. Miller, and with Mr. Carter here in just a few minutes. So Marcus and I will be back in a moment. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's, again, this is the Waters and Harvest Show. I'm Darren Waters here in Asheville at Blue Ridge Public Radio. So glad that you all are staying in tune with us as we have this important conversation about art, about public art, and what is the role of public art in the in the civic and social health of a community. We're happy to have here, happy and honored to have two very, very uh, good friends, I would like to say, join us here <laughs> in the studio today, Dr. Jason Miller, who I have been talking with for quite a while about this particular project that we're going to talk about today. But Jason is uh, currently, he's the chair of the City of Asheville's Public Art and Cultural Commission, and he's also a professor of philosophy at Warren Wilson College. And Mr. Michael Carter is here with us as well. And just as, you know, a little bit of background about him, he's a graduate of Warren Wilson College uh, with a bachelor's degree in social work, and he has been working in the nonprofit sector for the past five years. Michael has worked uh, in workforce development and case management specifically. And so we're glad to have him here. He's someone who is very active in his local community. And I think that you'll hear and get a deeper appreciation of that as we have this conversation. So Jason and Michael, thank you all for taking the time to come in and join Marcus and I. Sure. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. There's so many places that we could start in this conversation. (laughs) But Jason, I've got to know the one thing that I'm curious about, how does a philosophy professor become an activist in this area of public art. Mm. What is the connection? I'm sure as a philosopher, you'll be able to make that connection. (laughs) 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 Well, um, you know, the short version is that it, 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 it looks an awful lot like the way you guys were talking about it and looking at art and specifically public art from a different disciplinary perspective, right? Because it's Mm. not just about uh, self-expression. As Marcus said, it's about so much more. It's about community. Mm -hmm. It's about um, uh, basically setting a, a, a narrative or a message for a particular space in a, in a community. And those, to me, are philosophical questions. And this is an area of research that I'm interested in uh, generally, is the role of the arts play in society, politically, and in a community. And so this was a way for me to to take this uh, scholarly interest that I have and apply mm-hmm. it to a form of civic engagement, which was serving on the Public Art Commission. And so the project that we're going to talk about today kind of grew out of that philosophical question of what can the arts do for a community. Mm-hmm. Wonderful answer. Michael, so what about you? Now, how did you come to be involved in you know, issues concerning public art? Uh, so I'm a social worker uh, here in Asheville. I work for a program called STEP, Skills Training Employment Program, and we work directly in the community. And I notice a lot that communities thrive uh, when the environment reflects a, a positive attitude, you know, mm-hmm. a, a positive um, vibe. Mm-hmm. So I think public art has a role to play in that. You right. know what I mean? We've had multiple conversations with folks uh, who are serving on this committee about how we can use this art to change spaces mm-hmm. and to either bring people into spaces or bring people out of spaces right. or uh, bring the potential out of out within a certain space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's all connected. Doing good work in the community uh, relies on uh, creating a good environment. And right. Art has a role in that. All right. 
know, this point about connections is important. And I'm curious to hear from perhaps from, from both of you um, a bit about how what is the Public Art and Cultural Commission and sort of how long has it been around? Uh, what what you know, what is its its purpose, its function and its mm-hmm. charge? Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's been around for a little while, and it's taken a, a couple of different forms. I know that I think the, the, master, the master plan for the Public Art Commission originally was drafted in 2000, and largely that organization grew up around the urban trail, which uh, you know, has, been, has been well-documented and well-publicized uh, as a way to kind of preserve and promote the, the public arts selection that, that the city had. Um, and it's developed since that into something else. And, and in a sense, where we are right now is thinking, well, how can we move beyond uh, the current offerings of public art in Asheville? And this project grew largely out of that question of w- where do we go from there, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a well-established um reputation in the arts. We have a well-established selection of public arts. And so this project grew out of the question, what's next, really? And so uh, the Public Art Commission takes on different roles at different times. And I think that we're in a kind of a transitional phase now, a very exciting phase of the commission's uh, existence in in thinking about what the community needs in right. terms of public mm-hmm. art. Well, you know, Mike. Well, both Michael and Jason. I'm thinking. You know, as I was listening to your response to that question, to Marcus's question, I was thinking about for our listeners thinking about some of those selection public art selections that we have now, our structures in the city. What are some of them that people would be familiar with? Mm-hmm. This. Uh, so there's a, a piece outside of Pritchard Park, right? Uh, it's uh, the Art Deco. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I walk past that every single day. I live downtown. I work downtown. I walk past that every single day. And I think uh, it's a great representation of uh, the flavor and culture of Asheville. You know, it's something that, you know, seemingly is in the background, mm-hmm. but it creates the fabric and, and the tone for our city. So I think that's one that a lot of people might recognize. Right. Take a second look next time you're passing by Bridget right. Park. And I just want to add to that, and I think you'd be glad to know that that's a Warren Wilson alum who, who did that sculpture. <laughs> of course. You know, Dub Dub C stands for right. We Work Constantly. Right. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking, so... You know, Jason, and not, not to be controversial here, but you know, you can't. Oh, avoid please it. do. <laughs> but thinking about it, so would you identify uh, the Vance Monument mm-hmm. as a part of that? You know, as a piece of the, uh, a public art that exists now, and you know, you know the conversations that are going on around you know such uh, monuments, monuments uh, that commemorate the Confederacy. So would that be one that you would identify? Yeah, brother, you preempted me. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a great question, and I think I think this is exactly the question that that is looming in it uh, in the in the minds of everyone who's who's thinking about this project. Um, so the the easy answer to that is is no, that doesn't fall under uh, the purview of the Public Art Commission. But it mm-hmm. does, it is involved in a way that it forms our thinking about what this project is going to be and the shape that it's going to take. As you know, North Carolina has uh, laws that protect these mm-hmm. kinds of monuments. Mm-hmm. Um, but this raises the question of how, um, you know, in the context of a discussion about removing Confederate monuments um, or, or monuments that, that have these controversial histories, how can we use public art as a way to respond to that? Because what all of these monuments do, whether we agree with them or not, is they, is they set a tone and a narrative yeah. for particular mm-hmm. spaces. And Absolutely. the fact that that monument occupies the very center of the city is important, mm-hmm. right? It, it says something about the values and the, and the history and the narrative that we tell. 
And so it, it's almost impossible to conceive of a project of this nature without having that kind of in a, in, a, in dialogue, as, as you said, what these mm-hmm. things do are what these monuments do, what public art does is it forms that dialogue. And it's impossible to have that dialogue without um, the presence of the Vance Monument. Yeah, there. And I can easily imagine uh, future future pieces of art produced locally um, sort of responding to the presence of the Vance Monument right. and, and the sort of narrative that it sort of keeps alive and propagates. So this mm-hmm. is an important point that you're making, Jason. Um, so the commission recently created a visiting artist program. Could you say a bit about what that program is, is about, what it seeks to do? So I guess a big piece of, uh, and please jump in if I forget something, uh, Jason, but I think the Visiting Artist Program, the goal of it is to bring uh, cutting-edge folks uh, throughout the national and state community into Asheville to work and collaborate with local artists uh, to build something beautiful in the public art space. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a really great representation of what a strong collaboration looks like. Uh, And, you know, if you notice around Asheville, we have a lot of people who aren't from here who are here now. And I think this, it's one more example of how we can integrate and bring people in while also celebrating uh, the flourishing local culture here in Asheville. Mm, okay, okay. And so what, what really was the driving force behind the creation of this, this particular program? Do other cities have programs that are similar to this, or is this kind of a model that other cities might be able to adopt and follow? Um, the particular character that this project has, I think, is actually quite unique. So Michael mentioned the collaborative aspect, and I think that you'll find a number of collaborative uh, public art projects throughout the country and beyond. But this has a specific character, and then it and then it aims to satisfy three needs that we felt uh, on the Public Art Commission that that should be addressed in a project like this. One, just diversify the public art collection, right? We, we have a number of sculptures and murals, and so it began from a question um, of what does the city need in terms of public art, right? Mm-hmm. So that was largely what motivated uh, the project was the question, what does the city need? The other was we want to see some kind of collaboration, and particularly giving artists um, an opportunity to work collaboratively with uh, a visiting artist in either uh, learning the public art process, um, learning new uh, ways of conceiving and executing public art, um, and then also responding to community needs, which is uh, addressing the African-American community, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that question of what does Asheville need in terms of public art, it became very clear that in, in particularly in response to the debate around something like the Vance Monument, mm-hmm. that um, we would like to see art that reflects the communities that haven't been represented in the public art. And so that's how the project came came to be, is satisfying those criteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an interesting program. I'm, I'm curious to hear more about, uh, well, two, well, two things. So firstly, what what is the selection process for this? What does it look like? What goes into it? And then um, related to that, uh, can you say a bit about the artist who was chosen um, and sort of what that person might bring to a program like this? Yeah, so the selection process is pretty comprehensive. Uh, a committee got together uh, for this project, really diverse different folks. Um, and we met on a regular basis to kind of talk about what the tone is going to be for our project and like what we were thinking going forward as far as artists. And then we reviewed a number of artists that applied. I think it was like over 60 different artists applied 
uh, and we went through a catalog of all the different artists that applied and we uh, had conversations in person and over email and really honestly really passionate discussions about mm-hmm. you know where we want this to go and what we want this to look like and how it can be a benefit uh, to our community and overarching you know the, the point of the project is to to celebrate and honor african-american heritage mm-hmm. but the perspective that i come from it is not only you know you don't only celebrate and honor american african-american heritage by honoring the past but also by putting an emphasis on the future mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. what that looks like too so mm-hmm. i was really excited to kind of figure out and what that looks like as far as the process right. so we were able to whittle folks down uh we have three different artists uh, mm. uh that have applied and are going to come and visit and the public is going to have a chance to engage uh, with folks on with those three artists and kind of get a feel for who they are and what they're doing. And I can let Jay talk about all three of those guys. Sure. But just to follow up on a, on a great point that you made, I mean, one of the things we've been emphasizing throughout this um, this process is is the dialogue and the process that goes into it rather than a than a than a finished product. Right. Mm-hmm. Is, is that really. Uh, one way to think about public art is is this very process of meeting with community leaders and asking what do we want, what do we need, mm-hmm. and um, in, in those discussions, right? As you said, that we want to acknowledge the past but also look to the future. You know that is th- that sentiment comes out of these elaborate discussions, right? And different people have different perspectives. And I think that's important to keep in mind with a project like this, is that when we use the phrase African-American community or community in general, that can mean many different things to mm-hmm. many different people. Mm-hmm. And so this has been a process of, of arriving at this sense of what, what we want and what we envision um, by engaging with each other and having different uh, uh, ideas about that. That said, uh, at the end of the day, we did have to select three. We, we, we were really impressed with the um, with the submissions, uh, like quality folks, said, quality mm-hmm. really impressive. I mean, for a first time call for qualifications, we really generated a lot of uh, interest. So the uh, the surprise is we have our three finalists here, um, and I'll just say a brief word about each of them. We have, first of all, Jefferson Pinder, uh, who's a nationally recognized artist out of Chicago, um, who really, whose work really plays on race and 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 in particularly what that image and what the representations of the black community mean. And mm-hmm. he's uh, a little more political uh, and a little more direct with that in um, addressing these issues through you know various historical events and the symbolism uh, he uses a lot of video and performance art um, and so he takes on the racial aspect of this project very very directly um, another uh, finalist is an art collective called the art ecology collective that consists of monique luck flavia lovatelli and francisco Gonzalez, and they're out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and they work a lot with communities and issues of education, mm-hmm. right? Creating um, works that are centered around dialogue. So they're very much engaged with the community, which is one of the criteria that we really emphasized in this request for qualifications. And then finally, we have a um, a team of muralists out of Miami, Florida, Amir Shakir. Uh, and Nicaraguan artist Yvette Cabrera, and they do very large, very colorful, very interesting murals that also um, address issues of community. Um, They work a lot with community organizations. 
Um, and they also do a number of workshops that engage the community. So these were the kinds of things that we were looking for, not just interesting art that adds something to the public art collection, but also the way that they're going to engage with the community. And, mm-hmm. and, and this became um, an important selection criteria for selecting these finalists. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. As Michael mm-hmm. said, you know, it, it was quite the process to arrive at three. We're very, very proud of the three that we have, and we're really looking forward to hosting them um, in a few weeks. Right. They'll be here for a site visit. And that would be great because I know that UNC Asheville will be partnering with you all uh, to actually host the reception uh, when you have the site visit. And, and in full disclosure, I, I should say that I, I've been honored to kind of be able to participate in these conversations over uh, the selection process, even though I haven't been able to be as actively involved as you all have been. It has been um, it has been rewarding to be able to look at the background of these artists. And I, I, I got to tell you, I've developed a great appreciation for the thought processes of, of artists and how they think about things um, in a very different way. Now, um, you know, Jason and Michael, I, I do have to ask you all this and just ask you, so what, what are your expectations in this first year? What, what do you hope to see the result of this particular uh, project this year to be? Community integration. I think that's the biggest piece of it. You know, when we're talking about uh, African-American art, we're we're really talking about black art. We're talking about black representation. Mm -hmm. And in this city, you know, I don't know if y'all know, but statistically, you know, black people are one of the only demographics that are shrinking while all the a lot of other demographics in our city are growing. There are more people entering our city, but now they're, uh, percentage-wise, there are less African-Americans in our city. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a one piece of the puzzle and one step forward in integrating and honoring the con- contributions that have happened in the past mm-hmm. and what's going to happen in the future right. in this community. So I think that's a big piece of it. So I'm looking forward to you know these artist visits and folks uh, who are doing great work in the community getting to connect with these artists. But I'm also looking forward to the collaboration collaboration piece you know right. i'm sure these all three teams that are coming are wonderful folks who have really creative and innovative ideas and i want them to kind of get at the essence of what's happening in Asheville, uh past present and future for black folks and be able to bring in tease and draw that out in a way that not only benefits our community uh but Asheville as a whole mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm sure that inspiration is a part of that, too. I would love to see. Inspiration uh, and yeah, motivation. That's right. Most definitely. Absolutely. To see some more young, especially minority, you know, uh, African-American art, even Latinx uh, artists, you know, be inspired by this project who are local here and seeing them become more actively involved in our arts community. And yeah. there will be an opportunity for them to work collaboratively with the chosen artist mm-hmm. uh, and receive a stipend. Get uh, paid. Yeah, okay. <laughs> actually, that was an important, I mean, even that was a, was an important part of the discussion, right? So we can't just ask people to volunteer. We want them to be engaged in a way that's meaningful, but also professionally uh, rewarding for them. And, mm-hmm. and for me, the important thing is going to or the really interesting thing to see in the next year is really what form this project takes shape to come back to your earlier question one of the things that's unique about this project is just how open-ended it is we mm-hmm. gave very little stipulation about what the project was was going to be and that was intentional so we it didn't say it needed to be a sculpture it needed to represent this particular thing we gave fairly broad outline 
and um, and that was very deliberate. And so we're very interested to see what form that takes shape. We didn't even say that it had to be something permanent. We left open the possibility mm-hmm. that it could be a mm-hmm. performance or some sort of an event or or engagement. So we, you know, and that that's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, you want to be able to specify what it's going to be and talk about it in a way that people can kind of grasp. But on the other hand, you want to be able to say, um, leave that up to the um, the artist in collaboration with the community uh, to take shape. So we've not asked artists to submit proposals, and that's part of the reason for the site visit. Is they're mm-hmm. going to be all here together? It's going to be great because they're going to all, all all of the finalists, the teams, and the and the artists are going to be here together in a kind of competitive interview sort of phase. Right, right. <laughs> but they're going to be hearing from the community about what the the important issues are. They're going to be hearing about what the community wants to see, and they're going to develop proposal in in response to that and i think that's a very unique aspect of the project that's um that i think is going to be really rewarding yeah and i think it's particularly appropriate that for the first year of the project there will be an african-american focus given not only the demographic realities that michael alluded to but also the fact that if you even a cursory examination of african-american history reveals that art in various forms has Mm -hmm. been really a preeminent um, medium through which African Americans have articulated Risk. their presence in this country, mm-hmm. um, have sought to reclaim their own sense of humanity. So I think that focus is very, very um, apropos. Just wanted to throw that in there. Um, so for our listeners um, who may want to, who are thinking about ways that they could um, become more involved in the work of the commission, the work of this particular project, uh, what would you say? Um, are there specific things you have in mind in terms of encouraging more involvement from the broader public? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's going to be uh, some times for folks to actively engage. Like during the site visits, there's going to be some public spaces where folks are going to be invited to come. Uh, And we're also throwing a panel. And the cool thing about the panel that we're doing is a focus on African-American history and then a focus on African-American future as far as art's concerned Mm -hmm. and expression. Uh, So those are two things that are uh, on the horizon. Uh, And you can check the city website for the dates from when those things are going to happen on the Public Art Commission page right and I would just say in general just stay tuned because as I said things are left fairly open-ended so we don't have a sense of the way the exact way that the project is going to unfold but we will be informing community members about ways they can be involved and and one of the things that we're going to be looking at when we make the final selection is like Michael said you wait various ways that the community can be involved and um, and so I think the best thing to do at this point is stay tuned and we will we will let you know okay thanks Mm -hmm. a lot so it's great this is a great conversation Thank, thank you all both. Thank you both and, and the other members of the commission and the city as well for the work that you're doing in this area. And I think that it's very important. And we will be having a, a, a reception sometime in July, July 27th, I believe, at the university. Uh, it's a site visit. Marcus and I will be back in a moment. So thank you all again for joining us for that wonderful conversation about art and public art. Marcus, I really enjoy just sitting here talking to uh, both Jason and Michael about this project. I'm excited to see where it's going to go. So am I. And I think not only the idea of public art, but also um, the notion of a com- of a commission dedicated to that um, in a manner that links art to the community is rather subversive um, in the sense that when you consider the broader art world, um, very clear lines have been drawn between what is considered fine art Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? And art that you know doesn't cost quite as much money as fine right. art. Right. And what that is end up um, translating into is restricted access, right? Right to certain certain genres of art. And so I think um, uh, um, projects like uh, the commission, etc., really are sort of pushing against that that um, that reality right. in the broader world of art. That's true, and I think you're listening to Jason, especially his philosophical background, because you and I, yeah. you know, we we come from philosophical backgrounds, mm-hmm. and I have been telling people for a long time, there, you know, it, it's, as far as the, my role as a historian goes, that history really is a philosophy. There's a philosophy mm-hmm. behind how we do history. And so I couldn't help but think, as Jason was talking, was making that connection about, you know, how art has been used, the narratives that it tells, mm-hmm. and, and it it made me. It reminded me of John Adams. John Adams' complaint about the uh, the the painting that everyone knows, which is in the National Archives of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. He hated it. He said because it was not true, <laughs> you know. So I hope that this project will get us to truth in some type of way. Yeah, and and I think the cool thing about art is that art art isn't necessarily burdened with truth per se. Right. right? It's all about p- pricking the imagination, finding new ways to to rethink what is familiar, et cetera. So right. art, I think, has been liberated from truth in that respect. Well, once again, Marcus and I have enjoyed this conversation, and we want to remind you again that the Watterson Harvest Show is produced at Blue Ridge Public Radio in Asheville, North Carolina. And you can listen to our podcast on BPR.org, on the BPR mobile app, and on iTunes and Google Play. Follow us and get in touch on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.